the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Is it? Is it really the Bob Press Authority, or is it a continuation of the Hugh Hewitt Show? I don't even know anymore. They're all starting to run together. <laughs> it's been a very, very busy week. Thanks so much for joining us. As we do get underway at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this free-for-all Friday, the 13th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Thank you so much for being with us. Boy, oh boy, um, there are so many different elements of this virus to discuss this morning. It's going to be very hard to stay on track. I'm going to ask you to kind of guide me a little bit because I could spend an hour talking about the constitutional liberties that were suspended, <clears throat> excuse me, suspended by Mike DeWine yesterday, the governor of the state of Ohio in the name of public health, and the liberties suspended by the federal government in the name of health. I could spend an entire hour talking about the racism slash xenophobia allegations against President Trump and Leader McCarthy and Bob France and anybody else who calls this what it is, the Wuhan virus, the Wuhan coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus, the Chinese virus, or just the foreign virus. I'll take that, too. And I'm going to continue to battle these uh, liberal blue check marks every step of the way in identifying this as what it is. But we could do that for an hour. We could talk about the lack of sports uh, that are that uh, we are all going to be dealing with. If you are a sports enthusiast and fan and you count on that to take you away, it's your diversion away from all of the murders, wars, and rapes that uh, plague us on a regular basis. And now the plague that plagues us on this particular basis. Um, I could do that. So, I mean, literally, there are so many different elements of this that we're going to have to discuss. Um, I'm going to count on you to guide, really. Call me at... Um, 
216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Whatever comments you have on a free-for-all Friday, this is really the best time for a free-for-all, however you want to handle this, because there are so many different uh, aspects of this to talk about. The politicization of the coronavirus, trying to score cheap political points off of um, uh, uh, President Trump and off of other people suffering in misery. Uh, So many elements. In fact, let me start there. I want to go to Joe Biden, who made a speech yesterday. (sighs) Thank God he's stupid. I said this on Hughes' program this morning. You may have missed it. But thank God he's stupid. Thank God he's too stupid to realize how much better it would be for him in terms of scoring moderate voter support, in terms of getting undecided voters to lean his way, if he were to come out and say, you know what, no politics now, I just want the American people to get healthy, and I want to work with whomever I have to to make that happen. President Trump, we are not rivals in this. We are uh, allies in this. How can we help? How can we help make this better for the American people? Do you know how many Americans would listen to Joe Biden say such thing and say, Aw, that was awesome. It's it's about us. It's not about them. It's about all of us getting healthier, and he's willing to work with Donald Trump. Do you know how many people would go to his side? Thank God Quid Pro Joe is too stupid for that, and instead he politicizes the virus. Thank God. Yeah, I'm happy. I, I, whoever it is, I hope they make their choice soon. I thought it was going to be. That's not the one I wanted to hear. My apologies for that. That's really frustrating because I clicked the Joe Biden clip. Joe Biden, once again. Let me be crystal clear. The coronavirus does not have a political affiliation. It will infect Republicans, independents, and Democrats alike. It will not discriminate based on national origin, race, gender or zip code will touch people in positions of power as well as most vulnerable in our society and believe me joe knows a lot about touching the most vulnerable people in our society and it will not stop banning all travel from europe or any other part of the world may slow it but as we've seen it will not stop it that's the um the scientist joe biden Banning travel from any part of the world may slow it, but it won't stop it. Thank you very much, Mr. Science. Tell us more. Because as an actual doctor says, that's the goal. Dr. Anthony Fauci says the idea is to slow it so that we don't get overwhelmed by it. I, I think it absolutely has. I believe if we did not do that with China early on. What about with Europe? When what, well, a lot of all right. Well, I think that was a prudent choice. We spent a lot of time thinking about it, discussing it, about whether we should do it. And it was the right public health call. And here's the numerical reason why. If you look back early on, Chinese travelers who were infected seeded not only the United States, but countries in Europe, including Italy. If you look today at the majority of cases that are new cases, not old ones, new cases throughout the world, the majority of them are from Europe, Europe to other countries. If you look in the United States at states that have new cases, the majority of them are coming from that region. It was based on that that the travel restriction was suggested and accepted. Dr. Dr. Anthony Fauci laying it out. It's because President Trump restricted travel from China that we did not get this blast 
of Chinese visitors to the United States, seeding the United States, as he called it earlier, the way they did Europe. And now that Europe has been seeded and it has been spread so rampantly throughout Europe, the right thing for us to do is to limit the travel of Europeans coming to the United States. In other words, when Joe Biden says that it's a bad idea to uh, uh, in, enact this travel restriction from Europe because it won't stop the spread, uh, he, he's talking out his rear end. And the worst part about it is he knows it, but he has to try to disagree with and oppose virtually everything Donald Trump says because he's too stupid. Restrictions based on favoritism and politics rather than risk will be counterproductive. This disease could impact every nation and any person on the planet. We need a plan about how we're going to aggressively manage here at home. You know, you all do know the American people have the capacity to meet this moment. We're going to face this with the same spirit of, that has guided us and through previous crises. See, he's almost on it. You notice this? He's almost there. The American people are going to approach this the way we have previous crises in getting past it. Now, this is a moment where he says we're all going to pull together. This is the moment where he's got to say we're going to work together, Republicans and Democrats. President Trump, we are with you. Let's do this together. This is a huge moment for Joe Biden. This is when he wins over undecided America, when he says let's pull together with President Trump, right? Yeah, right. And we'll come together as a nation. We'll look out for one another and do our part as citizens. We have we have to be we have to harness the ingenuity of our scientists and the resourcefulness of our people. And we have to help the world help the world to drive coordinated global strategy, not shut ourselves off from the world. Protecting the health and safety of the American people is the most important job of any president. And unfortunately, This virus laid bare the severe shortcomings of the current administration. (laughs) It's just like he has no idea. This is why he's been such a terrible candidate in all of his uh, previous runs at the presidency. He has no idea. He's on the right right track there. Pull together. Let's all do this. Everyone rally behind the president because we are working together. Do you know how many undecided Americans would say, Biden, that's awesome to put country first. Good for you. He would win if he did that. Instead, it's time to attack Trump. Public fears are being compounded by pervasive lack of trust in this president. Fueled by adversarial relationships with the truth that he continues to have. Our government's ability to respond effectively has been undermined by hollowing out our agencies and disparagement of science. Disparagement of science? He, did he really just say that? Uh, we'll come back to that. But the other part that he said, the, the part that I find really, really most intriguing about Joe Biden's little speech yesterday about coronavirus, the Wuhan coronavirus, to be precise, uh, was this part. This virus laid bare the severe shortcomings of the current administration. Public fears are being compounded by pervasive lack of trust in this president. Public fears are being compounded by the lack of, what was the word that he used? Uh, Lack of faith in this president? Pervasive lack of trust in this president. Trust. Public fears are being compounded by the pervasive lack of trust in this president. Now, why did that stick out to me? 
You tell me if you agree. As Joe Biden stands before America and rips the president, calls him incompetent, calls him a liar, would that not foster a lack of trust in that president? And if he just said that people's fears are compounded by a lack of trust in the president, and he fosters the lack of trust in the president, is he not fostering the compounding of people's fears? You follow me? Joe Biden just said that the people's fears are compounded by a lack of trust in the president, and then he proceeds to trash the president. That means he wants the people to have compounded fears. He wants the people to be afraid. He wants the people to panic, which is exactly what they are doing. But he wasn't done there. Quid Pro Joe also needed to make sure that you knew that Donald Trump was a racist. Yesterday, we announced a public health advisory committee of experts who will continue to counsel my campaign and me, help guide our decisions on the steps to minimize further risks. And we also, we will lead by science. World Health Org- This is a man who doesn't believe in chromosomal science and who does not believe in human anatomy and who does not believe that a baby, a fully foreign baby in a mother's womb is a life. And he's going to tell us, he's going to lecture us on science just to say. Organization now has officially, officially declared COVID-19 a pandemic. Downplaying it, being overly dismissive, or spreading misinformation is only going to hurt us and further advantage the spread of the disease. But neither should we panic or fall back on xenophobia. Labeling COVID-19 a foreign virus does not displace accountability for the misjudgments that have been taken thus far by the Trump administration. So, in other words, acknowledging that this is a foreign virus doesn't mean it's not Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. Forget about the Chinese element. That's xenophobia. That's racism. No, 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 no. It's Trump's fault. This is the standard bearer for the Democrat Party. Calling it the foreign virus, the Chinese virus, or the Wuhan virus is is, uh, xenophobic and racist. What about the fact that the Hong Kong flu was identified as coming from... Hong Kong. How about the Asian flu? How about the Russian flu? How about the Spanish flu? How about the Berlin flu? How about the Marburg virus? Marburg, Germany, which is where it originated. How about the Zika virus? You know where the Zika virus originated? The Zika virus virus originated along the Zika River in Uganda. It was named for its location of origin. I mean, seriously. There are so many of these examples. Remember MERS? Remember the MERS virus? Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, because it originated in uh, the Middle East. I mean, for crying out loud. How about the fact that um, uh, the uh, West Nile virus? How about Ebola? Did you know that the Ebola virus was named for what? The Ebola forest, I believe it was. Um uh, which they trace the origin of the virus to. The African sleeping sickness. I mean, these 
It has always, the names have always been not clinical, but geographical in terms of locating where the ground zero was or patient zero was. But all of those were okay to identify by their locations, except for this one. What's the difference between all of those other viruses and pandemics and epidemics, which had names assigned to them based on their uh, place of origin, and this one, the coronavirus? What's the one difference between all of them and this one? You know the answer, and so do I. In this one, Donald Trump is president. And so since Donald Trump is president, we can't do with this virus what we've done with all of the other ones in terms of their names, because we need to make sure that Donald Trump looks like a racist. That is not taking this seriously, Joe Biden. You want people to take the coronavirus seriously? Then stop trying to play games about xenophobia and racism and take it seriously. Back after this. We must be As we continue, as I mentioned on the uh, Hugh Hewitt show this morning, um, last night's Geauga County Conservative Club Trump Day dinner was canceled uh, very, very late in the process. It's a terrible thing. Um, I'm told the organizers had thousands and thousands of dollars already spent on the event that they cannot recoup. I'm told that they had hundreds of pounds of food, gourmet food, by the way, for all of the ticket holders, uh, that was going to go to waste <clears throat> unless they were able to find soup kitchens or charitable uh, organizations or other places to feed the hungry. Um, but most importantly, something else was taken away during that the, the cancellation last night, and that, of course, is our, our liberty. Not that our liberty is supposed to matter too much in a, in a health crisis, I guess, but... Um, I think we're going to have to find a balance here, friends. Our freedom to assemble was abridged last night. Our freedom to get together and have dinner was taken away from us by an executive order, essentially, signed by the governor of the state of Ohio. And I'm not here to bash Mike DeWine, but I am here to question the judgment. And I am here to say that while I do understand certain steps and restrictions have to be taken in the interest of public health, Uh, The First Amendment is something that cannot and must not be violated. It just can't be. And the freedom to get together, you know, and what you heard yesterday from Mike DeWine was 100 people or more in a gathering is now illegal. They're banning any, uh, any gatherings of 100 or more. Now, what makes this... So frustrating and, and flummoxing for many of us is the arbitrary nature of that number. Is Governor DeWine and our state Board of Health officials telling us that if we have 97 at our party, we're good to go. Our health won't be compromised. We're safe. But at 101, ah, everybody's got to go home. Nope. 101 people here. Now we have a serious threat of transmission of the Wuhan virus. Why 100? What medical um, fact or what medical 
uh, reason is being given for choosing 100? Is it because it's the first three-digit number? And why, out in California, does the governor of that state, Gavin Newsom, have a similar mindset, but he set the number at 250? At 247, y'all good. At 251, we've got major pandemic problems on our hands. What? These things don't make sense. I do understand the health concern. I do understand the need to limit and try to slow the spread of the disease so that our medical facilities are not overwhelmed. But some of the things that we surrender in the interest of public health or in the interest of the quote-unquote public good, well, those are steps, sadly, that take us down a road that we have been on before. Steps to governmental tyranny, governmental oppression, governmental um, control, quite frankly. And it's something that we fought very, very hard to get rid of, and it's something we should not welcome back. I am, again, not here to bash Mike DeWine or Gavin Newsom in California or anybody else who is imposing bans. I am here to question their wisdom. I am here to question their judgment, and I wish I could question their actual policies. Why is 99 okay but 101 not? I'm interested in your thoughts on this, too. 216 The Bob France Authority, back after the news. Is this the theme song for the city of Wuhan? I'm, I'm guessing. That's probably where, where we're at with this, right? 935, thanks for joining us on AM1420. The answer, yeah. Uh, the danger zone was in Wuhan. Uh, the President of the United States did everything he could at the very, very beginning of this to stop that from becoming a danger zone here in the United States. That's what Dr. Anthony Fauci said. I, I think it absolutely has. I believe if we did not do that with China early on... What about with Europe? When what, well, a lot of all right, well, I think that was a prudent choice. We spent a lot of time thinking about it, discussing it, about whether we should do it, and it was the right public health call. And here's the numerical reason why. If you look back early on, Chinese travelers who were infected seeded not only the United States, but countries in Europe, including Italy. If you look today at the majority of cases that are new cases, not old ones, new cases throughout the world, the majority of them are from Europe. And that's exactly why Dr. Fauci says the decision to, to ban travel from China was the right one, and now the decision to ban the tra- travel from Europe was the right one. And identifying the location of the origin is not racism. It is simply geographical, and it is, it is uh, factual. And it's important to be factual about this stuff, even if you are going to be called a racist or a xenophobe for doing it. All right, let's talk a little bit about the, about this now with our guest. Uh, we're going to talk to Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett is an author. <clears throat> 
Her book is Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. And she wants to talk about race and talk about what real racism is. Uh, Kathy, thanks for the time this morning. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I agree with everything you just finished saying. And how ridiculous that we have people trying to make the coronavirus uh, an issue about race. Yeah, um, some of the members, uh, the more liberal members of Congress, including uh, uh, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez and uh, and uh, Ayanna Presley, have said that if you don't eat at a Chinese restaurant, you're a racist. Chinese restaurants are, are struggling and losing money because of flat-out racism in the United States, and that comes from us calling the Wuhan virus, the Chinese virus, uh, exactly what it is. Um, I, the victim mentality and the identity politics that continue to be, to be played by our leaders, even, and I hesitate to call either one of those leaders, but, but uh, you know, especially, especially in a time of medical crisis like this, is just astounding, Kathy. Right, because, you know, it's not just those particular businesses that are Chinese-owned businesses that are hurting today. Um, our airline industry is hurting today. Uh, those Americans who have 401Ks are hurting today, right, because of what may be, for all practical purposes, um, a very real crisis on our hand, or it could be a little bit of um, um, hysteria kind of fanned on by a tremendous amount of politics. Now, I'm running for uh, Congress for the 4th Congressional District here in Pennsylvania, and yesterday our governor, Governor Wolf, Tom Wolf, uh, placed the majority of my district, which is Montgomery County, under containment. So my family and I, we are being contained right now in our county. Um, oh, the majority of the um, of the cases that we've seen in Pennsylvania apparently are here in Montgomery County. So, um, like everyone else, we are listening to the advice of those um, of, of, of those uh, from the CDC, from other medical experts who are telling us the best thing we can do is um, is to social distance ourselves from other people uh, to wash our you know the. The same things I've been teaching my children since they were two. Wash your hands, uh, cover your cough, and your sneeze. Uh, when someone is sick, stay away from them, right? So those are some of the things that we're uh, doing today. Kathy, let's talk a little bit about the um, political side of this as it pertains to calling President Trump and uh, other prominent conservative Republicans racists for referencing Wuhan or China or whatever. Um, there's a, there's a very concerted effort, of course, and there has been since he ran for president the first time, but certainly now that he's running for reelection to brand him as a racist. And there are a lot of Democrats who are terrified of the fact that he's making very, very strong inroads with African Americans. Um, over the course of the last six months, we have seen his approval rating, uh, vacillate between 34 and 41 percent among African-American voters, African-Americans likely to vote. That's a terrifying thought for liberal Democrats who have always counted on 90-plus percent of the Democrat vote for their candidate. As a black conservative, do you think that the black community is starting to turn away from the Democrat Party, and do you think they're starting to turn toward Donald Trump? I do. I do. Um, you know, black people are not stupid. <laughs> and one of the things that... I, you know, um, I have said to so many people, regardless of their color, the color of their skin, is that you don't like this president. Okay, fine. I don't care. 
Um, I've never tried to convince someone to, to like this president. The only thing I've ever tried to convince someone is to know when someone is working in your favor and then to have the good sense to get out of the way so that they can continue to work in your favor. And whether we're talking about the broader American culture or whether we're talking specifically about the minority community, this president, specifically within the minority community um, and, and, and even more specifically within the black community, this president has addressed every single issue the black community has come to both sides of the political aisle and asked them to work on. Black people have been voting in large block always, but specifically for the Democrat Party for the past 56 years. And for the past 56 years, black people are now waking up to the reality. What exactly have we gotten for our loyalty? We have been the Democrats Party, some of the Democrats Party most loyal voters. And what exactly have we gotten uh, for that? And it wasn't until then candidate Trump stood in Akron, Ohio, uh, before you know, before the nation and ask the very poignant question, what do you have to lose? Our streets are some of the worst streets. Our children are coming out of school ill-prepared for what life has for them. In Baltimore, Maryland alone, out of the six schools that were tested, not one student tested proficient in reading and math. Wow. Uh, we have some of the lowest home ownerships, job unemployment out of the roof, what do we have to lose? To your earlier point that you made, calling it the Wuhan Chinese virus is not racist, it's geographical. And likewise, asking the black community, what do you have to lose, is not racist, it's a very poignant and relative question that I believe a number of black people are beginning, specifically the younger black people, are beginning to ask, what do we have to lose to do something different? And, and my entire book, the question throughout, throughout the entire book, the question I'm asking people are the things that I'm asking people to remember, and that is what is in your own best interest? Stop being manipulated and remember and ask yourself, well, what's in my best interest? Not, not what's in the best interest of Joe Biden or the Democrat Party, but what is in my best interest? And when people answer that question, regardless of your um, – the color of your skin or, or your party or your political party affiliation, I believe people are going to say Donald Trump has done a tremendous amount. We are talking with Kathy Barnett. She is an author. Uh, her book is Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and conservative in America. You just heard a great explanation about the title. She is also a candidate for Congress out of Pennsylvania. Kathy, you said at the beginning of that comment, that commentary, that black people are not stupid. And that goes without saying. Clearly they're not. Yet they have been voting in that same block. I think you described it as the most loyal voting block of the Democrat Party for all of these years. Uh, so clearly black people are not dumb, but they have repeated the same behavior as a, as a large majority for so long. Why? What, what is it that duped obviously intelligent people into thinking that we have to stay with this party despite year after year after year and, and campaign after campaign, campaign after campaign? hearing promises that were never kept to us. You know what? It's the exact same logic, the exact same logic that has kept black people loyal to the Democrat Party for the past 56 years is the exact same logic 
that is now uh, causing the broader American culture, a lot of white people can now say, oh, I think socialism is the way to go. Uh, it is it is lowering the bar of expectation. So the, for the past 56 years, uh, you know, since Lyndon B. Johnson came down with his Great Society idea, or our scheme, Great Society scheme, I'm going to call it, and presented it to the American culture, it overwhelmingly locked black people into the Democrat Party. And as people who know history will remember one of the most derogatory things Lyndon B. Johnson said about the black community, that we will have them voting for us for the next 50 years. And look, 56 years later, we're still voting for them because it was a wonderful scheme. Um, it was a detrimental scheme. These liberal policies that have time and time again destabilized the black community that has left the black community broke, broken and bruised uh, with the stipulation, if you want, many black women are now married to the government because the government comes in with yeah. the welfare program. He pays the rent. He pays the food bill. He pays the light bill. Now under Obama, he gives you a cell phone. He pays for your Internet. And so you say, well, what do you need a man for? And, uh, and under the Great Society, under one of the welfare uh, rules and regulations, you cannot have a man living in your home, hence the reason why. As we look at the black family, seventy uh, percent of black children are growing up without a father in the home because it's not advantageous economically. Uh, if you want the government to pay for everything, it's not economically to have one man living in your home. But now, wait, what I'm looking at is the same failed liberal policies that that's been perfected in the black community are now being repackaged by the Democrat Party and presented to the larger American culture. There is very little distinction between welfare and all of these other free programs to universal education, universal health care, guaranteed jobs, guaranteed wages. There's very little difference. It's going to result in the exact same things that we've already seen play out uh, in the black community. We've had 56 years of looking at what, what socialism is going to do to the broader American culture. You can just look at, you don't even have to look at Venezuela anymore. You can just look at the black community. It has been devastated and it's teetering on the brink of annihilation if we continue. I mean, even when you look at the number of black babies that are uh, murdered in their mother's womb, for, for, for every 1,000 black babies that are born, 477 are murdered in their mother's womb. That's a 32% kill rate. And I go into black communities and I tell them, if you're upset about lynching, lynching got nothing on Planned Parenthood when it comes to annihilating black people. That is a very, very well-stated and impassioned argument. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll ask you this to kind of tie the two subjects together that we've been talking about, the uh, coronavirus and uh, its origin in Wuhan and the allegations of racism, to what you just said. How do you feel Kathy Barnett, candidate for Congress in Pennsylvania, not that that matters too much to voters here, we can't vote for you, but uh, when you heard that Nancy Pelosi tried to attach one a $1 billion slush fund for Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers to the $8.5 billion coronavirus oh uh, research funding bill. She literally right. wanted to attach death it, by abortion to a bill that was being passed to combat death by coronavirus. Your, your response. I mean, like, what can you say to that? 
What can you say to that? I mean, it is truly time for Americans to wake up. It is time for us to stop being so easily manipulated. The reason why black people are have been voting loyally for the past 56 years for a party that has done nothing but devastate our community. I have yet to find a predominantly black community that is ran by conservatives. And so when you so so you have to say, what has the Democrat Party done for the black community? Absolutely nothing. But the reason we've been so so manipulated is because one, I mean, the manipulation is real, and we have we have swallowed it time and time again. And we got to start asking ourselves, what is in my own best interest? Before I'm a Republican, before I'm a Democrat, before I'm a Libertarian, I am a mom with two beautiful little babies who are going to have to go to college one day. I am, My mother just moved in with me. She has underlining health issues. I need to be concerned about health care. I need to be concerned that my husband has a well-paying job. So we got to get out. we got to stop allowing people to manipulate us. I think that's very well said. Kathy Barnett, again, she's a candidate for Congress in Pennsylvania, but uh, she is also an author, and uh, her book is a particularly poignant one, it sounds like right now. Nothing to lose, everything to gain, being black and conservative in America. Kathy, thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck in your election. Thank you. All right, it's 9.50. We'll take a quick time out and come back to phone calls as we continue on this free-for-all Friday edition of the Bob France Authority. Free-for-all Friday rolls on at 9.54. Let's go to James, calling from Lorain County, Ohio. Hi, James. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Happy Friday to you. Thank you, sir. What's hey, love the guests. You sounded great on uh, the radio this morning. With, uh, in, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to make a comment about the Wuhan flu. Sure. Um, you know, I was wondering if, if this was a marketing and branding thing by somebody like... Uh, that uh, expert at CNN, Donnie Douchebag, I don't know. He'd probably come up with a better name. I, I'm thinking maybe the people in China are probably going to be calling this the Wuhan flu after it's over. Well, you or know what's interesting? You know what's interesting? The Chinese propaganda minister, um, in other words, their state-run media, is actually trying to pin this on the United States now, saying it was never originated in Wuhan, that it was (laughs) American-made and American-born, this virus, and they took it to Wuhan and released it there in order to pin it on the Chinese. That's how... You know that's how crazy this has become. Well, Seriously, this you know, and we're talking about a communist government that kills its people when they try to be free and when they yeah. protest. Uh, and and now, of course, again, we're we're and 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 the worst part about this, uh, honestly, James, is that yes, the country that is responsible for this, which is China, also happens to control the vast majority of our medical supplies. We get them from China because we get them cheaper there. So they can literally limit just about anything that they want as far as our uh, ability to, to fight the virus that they created and or or, or, or released or whatever the case might be. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm not even I'm not even close to kidding on that. They're making threats, well, as a matter of fact, to that to, to that end right now. Sorry to hear about your event canceled last night. I, I like the uh, guests you have. Uh, Peter Kersenow is amazing. And uh, it was great to hear um, Molly Hemingway. Yeah, Molly's wonderful. 
And, yeah, and about last is. night, James, and thank you. I'm going to jump in here because i got to get some other people. Thanks for the call. About last night, it wasn't my event. It was the uh, Geauga County Conservative Club's event. Mario and Asenzi and uh, uh, Tom Wyan and others helped put that thing together, and they put tons of time and work and money into it, only to have it undercut at the last minute by the governor's edict uh, of no more than 100 people in one gathering. And it's just ridiculous. I think it's a violation of the First Amendment by way of free assembly. And, uh, again, I know there's a fine line between protection of people and freedom and liberty of people. And uh, I feel like we're, we're walking it very, very carefully and maybe yesterday stepped over it. Um, but, uh, what was the previous point that he just made? I wanted to respond to two things and I may have lost the other one. Apologies, but James, thanks for the call. Let me go to, uh, West Park. Jim, you're on the air, Jim. What else will the swamp do to damage this president? President's now out there wrecking Obama's economy. Couple more things that aren't mentioned. The sports bars are going to take a hit. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, Catholic fish fries have all been canceled. Now, the reason that you didn't hear about the H1N1 virus on, in 08 and 09 is because Obama was trying to get his Affordable Health Care Act passed, and they kept it out of the news. So. Not well, they, they didn't keep it out of the news, Jim. I would disagree with that. We all knew it was going on, but they didn't cancel events. They basically just said that, you know, the risk is low, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, 60 million cases of it happened in America. That's about a quarter of the American population. Uh, and... um and, uh, uh, yeah, now a little bit less than that. Now it's actually more about, I'm trying to do my math here, about okay. one-sixth of the population. But uh, And 12,000 deaths. So far we have had, you know, a couple dozen deaths of this one, and we are canceling everything left and right as if okay. the uh, the plague is on its way. Yeah. That's the frustrating part of this. Now, um, aren't we still suffering from a sports strike a couple years back and the take a knee? And I wanted to ask you about the Masters. And well. Well, let me, they, uh, let me, let me hold the on. Patrick Woods uh, story this morning was extremely frightening that, that they're lobbying the car, car manufacturers to take the radios out of the cars. Yeah, that, that freaks me out, too. Thank, thank you, Jim. You covered a lot of ground there. I probably can't get them all. Uh, as far as the Masters, they will be, they are a different entity than the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour has canceled all tour golfing events up until the Masters. The Masters isn't a tour event. It's its own entity. They are owned by the Augusta uh, uh, National Golf Club. They can decide if they want to put their event on. Uh, Patrick Wood, you're right, from Citizens for Free Speech, joined me this morning, and he said, I did not know this, that car manufacturers are being lobbied and pressured by the subscriber services, like the XMs and Siriuses and these types of things, um, uh, into not installing as standard options, not even an option, it's a standard thing, AM, FM radios. They want everybody to have to subscribe, and the car manufacturers are being pressured on that front. It would be a devastating blow to free speech if uh, local AM radio were, were to disappear from cars. It would be a devastating blow, and that's the reason Patrick Wood brought it up. All right, I can't get to the rest of that right now. i got to get out for news, but I will say this. During the news break, if you have a computer or your phone in front of you, tap out citizensforfreespeech.org and go to the bottom of that page and sign up to join us. I am a part of that organization. I signed up, and I want you to as well. We have to fight back against suppression of free speech and censorship, the likes of which we are talking about right now. And Citizens for Free Speech is an organization that is going to help us do it. So please sign up um, during this break. News time now. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.